good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. I love it. I am so glad y'all are here today. I am really excited about our service today. We're going to be digging back into Revelation. And uh, this, is a, this is a really cool part of this book. We've heard about the four horsemen. We've heard about the apocalypse. We've heard about all these things. But I want us to take some time today and, and dig into uh, the four horsemen specifically. And I want us to, to look at these today, and we're going to dig in. But before we do, I'd like to, for us to bow our heads, and let's have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, and for your love. Lord, I thank you that you've given us this book. Your word declares that blessed is the man who reads this book. And Father, today we bless your people, those that are online, those that are present in the room, those that are not able to be here today. We ask you, Lord, to watch over us and keep us today. Open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts to your word and let us learn today as we dig into Revelation. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Today, as we dig in, we're going to be looking at the, at the seals. We're starting the seals today. And we're going to be working on the first four of them. And this is our week 13. I'm really excited. It's going by as quick as it is. It's just like, wow. But we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 1 through 18 today. And if you have your Bibles with you, I'd like for you to turn there and let's dig in as we study the four horsemen. <clears throat> now, I'm not going to get in a hurry with the seals. I'm not getting in a hurry with any of this stuff because I want us to understand it. I want us to grab as deeply as we can and grasp as much of it as we can as we go through it. Now, I want to, to let you guys know that I don't claim to be an expert on the book of Revelation. I don't claim to be at all. I just happen to be somebody who believes in it. And I love it, and I enjoy looking at it and learning from it. And today, I want you to know that as we go through these things, question what I say. I don't have a problem with that. I want you to know it for yourself. Dig in your own word. Open your own Bible. Look at it. Read it. Study it. And know it for yourself. And so let's, let's without further ado, let's just dig in here. We're going to be looking at the four horsemen. Donna found this picture, and I just absolutely loved it because it's a proper portrayal of the four horse colors. And we're going to get into that here in just a little bit. But we're going to be looking at starting off with the first seal. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to be looking at the conqueror. And we're going to pay very close attention to some things here. Because there's some, there's some little things here that are nuances. And if we miss them, we're going to miss the purpose and the meaning of this. So it says this. Now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals. And I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold a white horse. He who sat upon it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. He went out conquering and to conquer. <coughs> Y'all have to excuse me this morning. Uh, Jeff talked about that two inches of pollen on the ground. 
and I am, have fallen subject to that uh, plague. And so uh, y'all pray for me this morning as I, as I go through this. But I want you to see something very specific in the second line here in verse 2. It says, he who sat on it had a bow. You don't see anything about arrows. He has a bow and a crown was given to him. Now, the relevance of this, and I just want us to take a little bit of time here, and I want you to understand, because what you don't know will hurt you. You believe that? What you don't know will hurt you. You ever seen, you ever, anybody ever been in the woods and, and seen things that you shouldn't touch? Mushrooms you shouldn't eat. They look good. They're colorful. They're pretty. Berries. But if you don't know what you're doing, you grab the wrong thing and you ingest it and it causes you damage. Amen. I will tell you this for a certainty. Do not eat fish and drink milk. That's all right. You don't trust me. That's okay. Go do it. Let me know how it works out for you. I know firsthand. Almost killed me one night. We were at a restaurant in Westmoreland, and it uh, used to be a little catfish house. It's called Kathy's now. And we were there with Becky's uncle and aunt, and we went out to dinner, and I started having all-you-could-eat catfish. Those of you that know me, I'm that guy. And I ate my fill of catfish, and when I turned around, I looked over there, and in the cake and pie case, there was a coconut cream pie. The case was about this tall, and that meringue almost hit the top, and I looked over at it, and I said, oh, I got to have a piece. And I had them to cut me a big old piece of coconut cream pie, and I looked over there, and I saw that milk cow sitting over there. Those of you that ever worked in a restaurant, you know what I'm talking about. And I said, oh, let me get a cold glass of milk. I guess within about 10 minutes of eating that, ingesting that, I thought I was having a heart attack. I went out to the car. I thought I was dying. Now, it might have been that I overindulged. I'm not going to say that that's not possibly the case. But I realized that not everything that looks good is good for you. So it's necessary as we go through this today that we understand what we're getting into. Because what happens is so many people have taken the book of Revelation and they've twisted it and they've turned it and they've tried to make it their own and they've tried to interpret things. And some things don't need to be interpreted. They just need to be read. Amen. Some things are very plain. Now I'm going to tell you that if somebody gives you a bow and they don't give you arrows, that bow is pretty much useless. It's like giving somebody a gun and don't give them ammo for it. Now what you can do with it is you can bluff. And I want us to think about that phrase just for a moment here, okay? Just sharing a little bit of something here with you that the scrolls that these, these revelations were written on, the, the actual papyrus that, was, that everything was written on, some of these scrolls were actually 15 feet long. The information that was placed on them was actually 15 feet long. There's over a thousand prophecies that are spoken in the Bible. And of those thousand prophecies, well over half of them have completely come true to this day. And I just want us to understand that one thing we can do is to trust the Bible. People have talked about how the Bible is not relevant, it's not current, we need to get more modernized, we need to pay more attention to what's going on in the real world. The truth of the matter is the Word of God declares that this is the truth. 
and I believe we can trust it. I trust my eternal soul on the word of God. So as we dig into the first seal here, the white horse, I want us to understand some things. And I've got some notes here. And I want you to, to hear what I'm saying, and I want you to hear me very, very clearly. For years and years, the white horse was thought to have been the Catholic Church. It may or may not be. But current, as of today, there are over a billion members of the Catholic Church. Now, I'm not speaking against Catholic people at all. I'm just saying some things that you guys look at this and you read it for yourself and know it for yourself. I believe that the white horse, everything I've studied, is going to be the leader of a super church. Okay? Understand what I'm saying. It's going to be a super church because the white is always the papal robes. If you, always, if you see the pope, he's always dressed in white. So whoever this is going to be, it's going to be someone who has authority and to have religious authority with this white horse. Okay? And now, as we dig into this a little further, I want you to look at this. They will have the ability, and this is why we have power here, and you have to understand this. He goes out conquering and to conquer, okay? But he has no arrows, so he has to bluff. There has to be a lot of bluff, and there's a lot of bluff with threats. A lot of people do things that they shouldn't do because somebody threatened them. Amen? And what happens is, is that when you get in a mob mentality and you're being led a direction, no matter what that person says, you follow them because you don't want to pay the price of not being one of the crowd. You see, one of the things that I love about the show, The Chosen, the movie, The Chosen, is in the beginning of it, it shows these fish swimming around in a circle. And all of a sudden you start seeing one, two, three, four, five, go in the other direction. One of the things that I always will tell you, and I'll stand on this, question everything I say. And the reason I'm saying that is on two reasons. Number one is that I don't know everything. I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And number two, you need to know it for yourself. Don't blindly follow anything. Don't blindly follow anybody. But I'm telling you now, if God tells you to do something, you better listen. Amen? Are we still good with this? Y'all still with me here? Now, I don't wanna, I want to, I'm not coming across with a bunch of accusations, but I'm, I want you guys to know that, you know, the church is not perfect. Listen to what I'm saying. The church is not perfect. It is a body, it is an organism that is filled with imperfect people who are perfected through the blood of Jesus Christ. We make mistakes and we have issues and we have problems, but the main thing we need to focus on is making sure that we know what we know. And that's why I tell you, study this and know it for yourself. When the white horse is released, carrying a bow and a crown, it is going to make such a move on the world that everybody is going to turn and look toward the Antichrist because of this person's ability, this person's charisma, this person's leadership. Now, in my opinion, and there's three different views that you can look at this at. You can look at it from the pre, 
the mid, and the post-tribulation. Now, if you believe in pre-tribulation, you won't see any of this. If you believe in mid-tribulation, you'll be in the middle of it, and post-tribulation will be after the fact. And we're talking about the rapture or the calling up or calling away. And when we dig into this and we start looking at this, you have to make your mind up which way you believe it. I believe personally in the pre-tribulation. I believe that we leave, and I'm going to show you my foundation for that. Again, feel free to believe what you want. The reason that I feel that the pre-tribulation is so important is because something has to set up the world globally for this person, this white horse, this entity to be released to gain control. Everybody still with me? To gain control. Now, for years growing up, there's been these movies like The Body Snatchers and all this kind of stuff. And we're talking about aliens and we remember the, the Hale Bop Comet and the people that dressed in the Nikes and all that kind of stuff. And they had their little uniforms and they all committed suicide because they thought that, you know, this big asteroid's coming to take them away and they thought it was God. So there's been all kinds of craziness from eons of time ago that people have thought and seen. But there's got to be something catastrophic that takes place that makes this person to be able to rise to the top and the people to follow them. And I want you to think about this. If the Bible says this way, that two will be working together, be working side by side, one will be called away and the other one will be left over and over and over. Think about this global exodus of human beings leaving this planet. Think about what that would do and how that would set the stage for this. With this happening, if we think about the pre-tribulation position and all this calling up, all called up rather, all of a sudden, the Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first and those that are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him midway of the air. Now, what's going to happen is the people that are in the graves they're coming up. And then those that are standing there, they're going to go after the fact. And I want you to think about the mass chaos. And I want you to think about this. I, I laughed and I, I actually mocked some of my friends. So I'll tell you the story. I was working at Nissan Motor Manufacturing. Everybody remember Y2K? Anybody alive to remember that? Y2K, we thought everything, the world was going to end at midnight. And I happened to be at work at Nissan. I was working the night shift. And everybody was just talking and yak, 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 yak. And I'm saying, boys, y'all ready? You know, it's going to happen tonight at midnight. And uh, they were just talking and talking and talking and talking. And I, at about a quarter to 12, everybody got real quiet. And I started asking them questions. Why y'all being so quiet for? Y'all made fun of it last week. Y'all didn't think anything. Now you want to... Put a little Jesse Duplantis right there. Y'all figure that out later. But everybody got all of a sudden got quiet. They got worried. Why? Because they thought the world was going to end. I was ready. Now I'm going to tell you something. When this happens that fast, the Bible says in the twinkling of an eye, when it happens, people are going to be looking for some kind of religious resource, some kind of spiritual help, some kind of spiritual something that can make sense out of what just happened. Are you still with me? And so that's why arrows are not going to be necessary. 
I'm going to have a bow which shows me having power. I'm going to have a crown which shows me having the authority and the spiritual condition. And everybody's going to follow me. Why? Because I am the one. I am the one on the white horse. I am here now and I'm going to make a difference. And here is the man we need to follow. And they're going to point out the Antichrist and it's going to funnel everybody right toward that spot. So you can see the stage being set. Amen. Y'all still with me? Let's keep going because this is getting good now. I'm finally finding my groove. The second seal is the conflict on earth. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out. And it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. Now, do you see the difference between having a bow and now having a sword? You see, death is with this man. Hope is with the other man. Am I making sense with this? The rider of the horse. So now we see something here. Now, I want us to pay attention to this because there's a lot of ways to look at this, but you're starting to see some things in, in our time today. So I want to say that whether you believe this or not, whether you think this or not, it's okay with me. But the red horse is representation of the Communist Party. I'm not a political person. I'm not into socialism, communism, whatever. But you need to understand what's going on. Look at what's going on right now in Ukraine. What color is the nation of Russia? What's their flag? What's the color of their flag? It's red. Okay. What is the color of China? Okay, so you see this red horse, you see this red global position. Now watch this and pay real close attention to this, okay? What we see happening right now was already talked about years and years ago because Mikhail Gorbachev, anybody remember him? Mikhail Gorbachev? These are the things that he said. Watch this right here. He said, in order for the Communist Party to be successful and do what it needs, it says we need three things. See if this fits anywhere into Revelation. Watch this. We need one world religion. What did we just get through talking about? Number two, we need one political power. We pointed to the Antichrist already. And number three, we need one economy. Not one time, think about this, not one time in the last 2,500 years has Russia and Persia ever made a pact. And that goes back to the 70 weeks of Daniel. Now listen to this. And I want you guys to listen to what's going on because this, this guy with the sword, I want you to hear what's about to come. In World War I, there were 8.2 million people killed in World War I. In World War II, there were 50 million people who died. And what we're talking about at this time of the 70 weeks of Daniel, what we're talking about, we're talking about over a billion people dying. Now you've seen on the news what's been going on in Ukraine with these mass graves and you look at this and you say how come it's taken, how would it take so long because the Bible breaks it all down and we're going to get into more of this in more detail later. I'm just kind of laying the foundation of what is to come. We see that there are so many dead that it takes over a year to bury them and it's like how come it's going to take a year to bury people? Well, we see right now what's going on in Russia right now invading Ukraine that they're taking bulldozers and they're digging these mass graves 
and they're just putting bodies in them and they're just burying them. You can count on one thing. You will see this again. This is not going to be the first time this will be happening historically. And they're going to have to uncover these so that they can document where is everybody. Loved ones are going to be looking for people. They're going to be searching for their family members. And they're going to find these places. And they're going to start pulling these people out of the ground. And they're going to try to do this. You need to understand that when this sword comes, it is going to bring devastation to this planet. When the red horseman is loosed, it will be that. It will be blood. Now, why are we talking about the, the, the treaty between uh, Syria and, and uh, Persia and Russia and all these kind of things? Because the Bible says that there's a great army that's coming from the north, and, you, and we get to this point later, but they got across the Euphrates River. It's impossible to walk across the Euphrates River. You can't do that. But there's going to be something catastrophic that's going to happen, and we're going to see more and more of this start to unfold as we get into this. You're going to understand that as it goes, the Euphrates is going to stop, and they're going to literally be able to march right across. And they're going to come down, and they're going to come on to Israel and going to come and attack Israel. Now, this is what is being prepared as we speak right now. From the time of the beginning of time, rather, that people have seen nations and recognized nations, the moment that God put his stamp on Israel and said, these are my chosen people, the global community has been against them. People have come against them and tried to destroy them, and it was going to happen over and over and over. And God shows mercy, and we'll see that later in the seals, and we'll get into that a little bit. So let's keep going. The third seal, scarcity on earth. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. And so I looked and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. Those scales are very important. Let's keep going. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and the wine. Now this is very, very important. Do not hurt the oil and the wine. Now watch. The relevance of having these, these scales is that we need to understand that the black horse represents economy. The black horse represents economy. Now, does anybody drive a vehicle of any kind? Isn't it a wonderful feeling to go and fill it up with fuel right now? It's just awesome, right? It's just like, yay, I get to go put fuel in my truck. You need to understand that the black horse is in charge of commerce. That's why it talks about the wheat and the barley and how much it's going to be. It's going to be put on scales and weighed. Those, that's the, the importance part of it. That is the relevance of it. It's the scale. It's the commerce. Now, why not hurt the oil and why not hurt the wine? The reason is, is that because the oil is going to be the economic source of funding, that's going to be the key to it. Why not hurt the wine? Again, it represents the spirit that's still present don't touch it yet. It's not time yet, but it's coming. Why are these things important? Why, why do we care about this stuff? 
We need to understand that the relevance of this is that when you, you're dealing with, I think it's called the caste system. So the haves and the have-nots. The wealthy people are going to be able to, to survive. They're going to make it. <clears throat> the poor people are not going to make it. And I'm going to tell you something so that you understand this. It's going to take like Elon Musk money to survive during this time. You do understand that, right? It's not whatever you've got in a 401k. I don't care how wealthy you are. I don't care if you've got a couple of million set back. It's not going to last you a very long time. You need to understand that what is coming here, when this commerce changes, it's going to change everything. Now, right now we know, according to all the data that we have, that all of the, the world's oil reserves, all of the world's oil sources, that America right now holds and possesses more oil content than all the other nations. But we're not going after it. We're not gaining it. And so what we're going to find is, and just mark my words here, we are not exporters much of anything anymore as far as America. And that breaks my heart. We are importers of everything cheap because we, we don't mind paying somebody else nothing to get us a product in this country. We don't mind. You don't believe it, go to Walmart. It is what it is, guys. I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just saying this is the economic facts. Sooner or later, we're going to want barley and wheat because we've told our farmers we don't need them anymore. We've bankrupted our farmers. We've made sure that they could not pay for their equipment. We've taken their land from them. We've gave, given them toxic chemicals to put in the ground, and we're not able to grow things. We're not able to sustain things like we once were. Nobody's paying attention, but the farmers that we have are so, <laughs> bless their heart, they're pushing a rope. Everybody's against them because all it is is, let me get more dollars to you so I can have your farm. How many of you live in Sumner County? Just out of curiosity. Do any of you have any idea of the thousands and thousands and thousands, and I mean that literally, of acres of farms that have been broken up in Sumner County and made into quarter acre lots and put in these little houses everywhere? Those big plots of land were our farmers, guys. And now they're going away little by little because they're more interested in the dollar than they are in the sweat. And people push the money so hard at them that they make them a deal that they can't refuse. And you can't blame them when they're offering a hundred times the actual value of a piece of property. That's economic sense, isn't it? Isn't that what we're talking about? We're talking about scales. We're talking about making sense economically. And so because of that, we can see how this sets the stage, how it prepares us to get ready for what the next horse is. Now pay attention to this as we dig in a little bit deeper. Watch this. <clears throat> as we look at the fourth seal, you guys have no idea how bad I want to ask you if you have questions. That's the teacher. <clears throat> That's the teacher coming out in me. So the fourth seal, the widespread death on earth. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. So I looked 
and behold, a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed with him. And power was given to him, uh, to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. Now, you're going to start seeing a bunch of math as we go through Revelation. From this point forward, you're going to start seeing math. You're going to start seeing huge chunks of the population start to be dissipated, the land to be touched, the water to be touched, and it'll be more and more and more until it gets down to nothing. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with City Gate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.